Well, after a flurry of activity, it's finally been a slow week for the Bruins. Much needed rest for the top two centermen and everybody else for that matter. Chance to take a deep breath, but a race to the finish follows. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how Jim Montgomery handles all of this. It's a time to reflect on where they are and what he's going to do with the weeks ahead. Uh, you all heard about load management lately seems to be the new catchphrase that, you know, it's basically resting players. And I don't think there's any doubt that he's going to do that. How much he does it and with whom, like, will he rest Lindholm or McAvoy? I don't know, something for him to figure out. Uh, but a luxury, obviously, when Hall gets back and Felino gets back, assuming it's before the end of the season, they're going to need to want to play. And uh, and that would make a good opportunity for other guys to get some rest. Anyway, that's what's got to be on his plate, as well as one other point of concern about the only thing that I have point of concern is the power play. It just hasn't been the same. It's been static. I think they need to use new personnel, throw in new sets. You know, you're always seeing Marshan on the half wall, Bergeron on the bumper, Pasternak on the dot, and it was working for about 45 games. But it slowed down, and it's got to be a concern because come playoff time, it's going to be a major factor. So I'm sure he's going to get on that. And before I forget, the last thing before we get to a couple of good guests is that I really was impressed with Tyler Bertuzzi in his, in his debut. Great cross-ice cross, cross ice dump that led to a, a Frederick retrieving the puck, and he hustled in took a return pass from Frederick and then made a great pass to Charlie Coyle for a goal. Looks like they hit a home run yet again on the trade market. We'll be right back. When you go out for dinner, you really want to head to the spot you know, and your local gem in the City of Presidents is the Fowler House Cafe. Family owned and operated, the Fowler House Cafe is a Quincy landmark, serving American cuisine and specialty items every day. Stop by the Fowler House Cafe and enjoy their famous buffalo fingers, game day sandwiches, pastas, steaks, and more. Better yet, try their South Shore bar-style pizza now. These crowd pleasers are all homemade and will keep you and your family happy. Trying to catch the Free Jacks game with a few friends on Saturday? The Fowler House Cafe offers 18 different draft beers, including seasonal options, micro-brews, and handcrafted cocktails ready for game day. To top it off, the Fowler House Cafe has 4K ultra-high-def TVs everywhere, so you'll never miss a play again. The Fowler House Cafe, located at 1049 Hancock Street, right in the heart of Quincy Center. Call 617-773-9000 or go to thefowlerhousecafe.com to place your order today. The Fowler House Cafe, Quincy Lindsay's best. My next guest is Kevin Maxwell. Kevin played professionally after attending the University of North Dakota. He had stints with Colorado, Minnesota, New Jersey, amongst other teams. And he also played for Team Canada in 1980. And I didn't even know this about you, Kevin. Um, for Team Canada at the 1980 Olympics, and I'm going to ask you about that in a minute. He scouted for Dallas, New York Islanders, Philadelphia Flyers, the Rangers, and now scouts for St. Louis, as well as being GM for their AHL farm team, the Springfield Indians. How are you doing today? Good. How are you doing, Mike? I'm doing just fine. So tell me about the Lake Placid thing. Well, uh, as you know, the uh, the other team uh, in the U.S. won that. Um, so no resentment there, by the way. Um, it was... Uh, it was a great experience though we we had a the village was actually has been since turned into a prison and it was just outside of town and that was quite a experience just meeting all the different athletes and they had concerts and and things set up for us all and it's just a great experience other than obviously the fact we we hoped that we would do better but um it was quite an experience i was 19 years old at the time so i can't I can't, uh, I, I don't have no regrets about that. And, and just a, another tidbit, we, we traveled all over the world that year. We went to Japan, Czechoslovakia, Finland. So it was a great experience. Sounds like it. Um, and then along your way in 1980-81, you were with the Minnesota North Stars. You played my Boston Bruins and you gave us a spanking in the playoffs, didn't you? Yeah, that was kind of fun because. Uh, <laughs> Tell me what you remember about that because this was a we weren't supposed to get beaten by you guys. I know. I remember you chased me around one night. I know that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, that was uh, that was interesting because uh, you're right. I don't think we had won in the Boston Garden in, in a long time at that time, and as you know, it's a tough building to play in. And, 
we got a little bit lucky in the first game. And I remember, I think one of the games was nine, six or something. Yeah, Rogi. it was crazy. It was a game in which uh, Bobby Smith shot from the blue line and Rogi Vachon, this little guy ducked his head and the puck went over his, over his head. <laughs> and That's we had just right. come back to tie the game. But, uh, yeah. and Glenn yeah. Sonmore had you guys fired up, right? Yeah, he, he was, he was quite a guy. I mean, you talk about characters of the game. He, uh, he just wanted us to run around and we didn't care if we touched the puck and at least the, some of the lesser lights, which I include myself in. I mean, we were just told to run around and try and catch uh, Ryan, uh, Borky there a little bit, run into him once in a while. And uh, fortunately we came out on the, t on the top. I think it was best out of five at that point. Right. Yeah. He didn't, it didn't take you long. I, I broke my ankle in that series and didn't finish it off. Probably the reason we didn't win. <laughs> that's probably true yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe um, that's why so, you couldn't catch me there you were so your <laughs> your gm and and now scouting too for doug armstrong and things didn't quite go as well as you would expect for st louis this year a team that had some had some very good success just four years removed from a cup what were the issues generally speaking that the team faced um i think i, I actually think uh, it's my first year with the group so i think from from my standpoint, it looked like there was a, you know, a number of injuries. And um, then we, we just got a little bit banged up. And then we also, there was times where we just weren't playing that well. And then we started going and Craig Ruby had us going really good for a while. So, but as, as you alluded to, it was time to, I guess you would call a reset. And that's, that's what we did at the deadline. And one of the teams that uh, the reset came with was, uh, was, the New York Rangers, who I know you as part of your package. First of all, tell me about the teams that you do scout now for St. Louis. Yeah. As you know, as you said, I'm GM of Springfield uh, Thunderbirds and we, that's their, their top affiliate, but then and Doug Armstrong has a unique way of, of um, having the pro scouts. I, we each have four or five teams. My teams are Boston Islanders, Rangers and Devils. And then the and um, just go around and watch them before the trade deadline and try and get a book on them. He believes in uh, quality over quantity, and I think it's working so far. And I thought it was – he's uh, he's like you, and in, in, in he includes everybody in his meetings. And I remember that working for you, that you did the same thing, and it's it, it seems to work. Um, so the deal sends Tarasenko to the Rangers, and, and you know, you're scouting – in that farm system and you, they picked up a defenseman. What's his prospect like? Yeah, we've got Hunter Skinner, young, young fellow there. He's, he's really raw, right-hand shot. He can move the puck. And we, uh, you know, we, we took a flyer on him. And I think one of the things that um, the GMs are doing a much better job of is identifying early in the process, uh, you know, what teams you're going to, talk about in, in a trade scenario and then as you know you have 20 games now to you know integrate them into the lineup so i think the gms around the league identified the, the only thing we wanted to make sure um, was, as you know how, how do you set the market and once the first round pick came i believe it was uh to the islanders they made that deal then that set the market and then we kind of got really uh, rolled our sleeves up Puts a little extra pressure on the staff, doesn't it? When when you trade some of your key players for draft picks and and prospects, yeah, it really does. And you know the, the St. Louis um, fan base has been excellent, from what I can understand, and they they uh, <clears throat> seem to have bought into what what uh, Doug and the, and the staff are doing. And but there is some pressure there because those are good players: Tarasenko, Riley, uh, even Barbashev is a good uh, young player. So, uh, and as you know, they had a winning pedigree with Tarasenko and O'Reilly and Barbashev winning the Stanley Cup. So, okay, so you get some work ahead of you in St. Louis, but the team locally here in Boston, well, I'm asking everybody that's come on the show, did you see it? Did you see this juggernaut developing? No, I, I can't say I did. I mean, I, I saw them early and I did see that um, – I remember writing down there as deep a team as I've seen so far, and that's before these trades. And obviously, Preci is just, he 
he set everybody in the right order after acquiring him or reacquiring him. Then you got young or not young, but Bergeron, Crecci and Coyle for starters down the middle. And that just sets everybody in into the right order and off they went. And, uh, you know, of course you picked up Lindholm near the end of last year and then uh, Pablo Zaka, which, I didn't see him developing like this. You might've had a better handle on him. having watched New Jersey a little bit. Yeah. You know what? He's a real strong kid and, and a late developer. I believe he was sixth overall and um, a lesson in patience, I would assume, and which we all have to do. And he, he is one strong kid and it seems like they have found a home with him. I think it was with pasta and Krejci. So they got some kind of a, checkmates or other, I read somewhere where they had a, a line their name yeah they've been they've been pretty much together since the beginning of the year which is odd because that put Taylor Hall former MVP on the third line but it was hardly a peep out of them what do you know about the the the, the late acquisitions Orlov Hathaway and Bertuzzi well they're all with, with Orloff, obviously, and Hathaway, again, I mean, they acquire winning pedigree. They won the cup, and Orloff's as steady as she goes, and pretty big shot. I wouldn't say he's overly gifted um, offensively, but yet he can get up in the play, and Hathaway's a Bruin. <laughs> you know, I mean, they, he just plays hard every night and would kind of fit into your clubs back in the late seventies there. He's, he plays hard and goes to the net. Bertuzzi and, is a, yeah. Yeah. Bertuzzi, go ahead. Bertuzzi is another hard nosed kid and just plays a North South game, but he's got some skill too. He, I wouldn't go to sleep on his skill. He can score or produce points too. Well, the amazing thing for me, the most amazing development here has been the goaltender, Linus Olmark. I don't know if you credit Bob Asenza or what happened, but or maybe he just had past problems. But he's been as good as any goaltender I've seen in the last 20 years. Have you you've got the chance to see him at all? Yeah, he's been excellent. Um, just really looks poised, and he's seeing he's tracking the puck well. All the watchwords you want in a goaltender. I'm not a goaltender instructor, but he he's. I mean, makes big saves, and he looks like he's having fun and uh, very confident, ultra-confident, and so is the young uh, Swayman kid, too, so they got a good tandem there. I don't see anybody. I mean, we'll get to it now, actually. I'm going to get to some of the teams <laughs> that they might see in the first round. I've been asking people about various matchups. Last night, the Islanders beat Buffalo to give themselves a little bit of breathing room in the wild-card race. It's a big win for them. How do you assess their goaltending? Do you like Sorokin? I love Sorokin. Yeah, he, he's he's a stud. I mean, he can win games on his own, and uh, he's 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 the real deal. He, as you know, I worked for the Rangers with Shesterkin, and they came up in the same. I believe they were in the same draft, but they're a little bit older and uh, 26, 27 years old. But he's mature, and one goes by him, it doesn't bother him, and he's a he's an excellent goaltender for sure. And their blue line, and no household names, but Noah Dobson's a big dude with some good skills, and Ryan Pollock the same. Mayfield's huge as a physical presence back there. How good is their defense? Well, it's it's pretty solid too. I think it's more of a structure there, uh, Mike, that they they play a almost like a jersey like structure with uh, Lou Lamorello's crew there, and um, they just they they kind of just play a solid solid team game so you don't have to do too much and i think that group can do that actually do they have enough offensively to make some waves the postseason it seems like they've got horvat was a big acquisition obviously you have to consider him a number one center right yeah he's he's he's, he's a real strong two-way player and it was a it was a really good acquisition kind of a Kind of a, a little bit of a surprise, I guess, to the NHL from what I understand, but um, they must have been working on it for a while. And they, they got young uh, Barzell in there that can fly. And so I think there's enough. Again, they play when when they get in, and if they get in, they're going to be a tough out. Yeah, I, I think so too. It's funny, Boston played them a couple of weeks ago and they didn't have any trouble with them. 
whatsoever, but I, I don't think the Islanders had their A game. Um, and I kind of like to see the Bruins play the Islanders because I just want to see that Sezekis, Clutterbuck, Matt Martin line go after things and see if they can shake, rattle, and roll like they've done before in the playoffs. They're pretty fun to watch, aren't they? Yeah, they are. They, they, they certainly are. They just... They're no fun when you're when you when you work for the New York Rangers like I did, but they they are they are a physical bunch and they just keep coming and and uh, you know bang around and cause trouble for sure. I think they're going to make it, and I, I will be very curious to see who they <laughs> match up against. But it is, I think you're right; they're going to be a tough out. Which brings me to uh, the Rangers, who are obviously very active, not just Tarasenko, of course, but with Patrick Kane. Um, you know, Shesterkin, you mentioned, he's, what is he, behind Vasilevsky, the second-best goaltender in the league, or maybe tied with Allmark? Yeah, and he's he's just such a gamer, uh, Mike. He just wants the net, and as a coach, as I know you coached, he he, um, <clears throat> he just wants the net and wants to be the guy and doesn't seem to get rattled. And as you know, he stood on his ear for the New York Rangers last year in the playoffs, and you know, he's just, he's a gamer and um, kind of a new, new, new uh, wave style too. It's not really a butterfly, but it's very athletic and he handles the puck really well. He's almost like an extra defenseman there, which helps out too. You know, the, it's pretty clear with Kreider, Zibanejad, Tarasenko, Kane, Trocek, Panarin, top six forwards, all, all of them, right? And, and so, although, you know, they're having trouble playing them all together because of cap issues and things. But, I mean, that's going to be a pretty tough group to play against once they get rolling, don't you think? I think this these moves have made them a threat to come out of the Eastern Conference. Is that fair? I think that's fair, yeah. They're, they're a talented group. And I think as we look at their lineup, too, you, you look at the young kids there, the kid line uh, with Lafreniere, Keetle and Kako, I mean, they had, uh, I guess, I'm guessing, I think it was 20 games of playoff experience last year, but I think will bode them well as they start to get into this playoff hunt too, because uh, they went a long way, as you know, surprised, but I think that really helped those kids understand what it's like and what it takes. So they're Yeah, be they've been slow to come around though, haven't they? Lafreniere and Kako? Yeah, but I think, you know, if I, the last I looked, I think they both had 13, 14 goals and, there's only so much ice time to go around, as you know, in that top six group. They like the they like the power play. So it's <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, it's uh it's tough to get in. But I thought I thought they'd come around a little bit quicker, but they're gonna be a big part of the Rangers doing any damage in the postseason, I think. That's just I gotta lean pretty heavily on. And I think the blue line is probably their most underrated asset. I mean, you've got a Norris Trophy winner, but I love Truba. I really thought Keandre Miller has come a long way. You know, yeah. Lindgren and Ben Harper. Who am I missing? Schneider now? Yeah. They, they, uh, uh, I mean, they that's got a pretty a... solid group, isn't it? Yeah, and then they got uh, Mikola from us, too, from St. Louis, who's a big six-foot-six guy that can play in your last pairing. They, they got a – as you said, I mean, they got all different aspects. They got some offense there. They got some weight. And they got some skating ability with Keandre Miller, who is arguably one of the most underrated guys in the league, and then Young Lindgren, who they got from Boston. So there's some, there's a good mix there for sure. So they they have to be considered as a potential contender in the East, right? I would think so. I mean, it's like you you alluded to, they they acquired Kaner and uh, Tarasenko to go along with an already talented group, and um. Norris Trophy winner, Vesna Trophy winner. I mean, they got they got a lot of tools there to make a to make some noise. Okay, this you were in New Jersey last night and saw the Maple Leafs and um, and and the Devils play. Um, you, you told me it was a really good game, right? Well, it was great. It was entertainment at, at its highest. I mean, back and forth, and Hughes flying around and then Matthews and Mitch Marner. And, well, let's just, start with their goaltender. Is Vanacek going to be good enough to do the job for them? Yeah, well, I mean, he's certainly proven it so far. I mean, I, I think they did a great job of uh, bringing in him from Washington. Their scouting staff must have done a great job, done their homework, and 
he's been uh, he's been as advertised, if not more, I would think. Their blue line. You a believer in Dougie Hamilton? Do you think he can get the job done when the chips are on the line? It's having a good year. Yeah, well, I think what they did was, uh, if you look at their group, they're all big. Even though they're not overly physical, they're all wide and have length. And I, I can't speak for Fitz Fitzgerald there, but I would assume that had something to do with it because when Montreal went to the Stanley Cup final uh, a couple of years ago, they had Edmondson and Weber and these type of guys who were big bodies and they you had to get around them. Petrie, I think, was one of them. And it's it is I don't know if that's what they did, but their guys are all big and they um, they're tough to get around. They're not physical. Uh, I think that's kind of what you're getting at. But they they are big and they get in the way. And there there is some offense there with Dougie. Um, there's no question. There's offense there. I just want I've never believed that he had enough character, I guess is the right word, to get it done in key situations. But this team, New Jersey, has, you know, they're flying under the radar in most circles. I mean, unless you watch the game pretty regularly, you don't think and New Jersey's been so down for so long. But <clears throat> this kid used is really fun to watch, right? He looks like he's just a little wisp of a thing. He's amazing. He just flies around and at top speed makes plays. And, and uh, so – ultra confident in his ability it's it's a fun it's a fun game to watch when he's playing and and Hisher or Hisher I'm not sure how you pronounce it sometimes but he he's a solid two-way centerman too that kind of flies under the radar but he's a solid as I'm sure they know it because he's one, he's their captain but uh, he's a good player and Dawson Mercer seems to be emerging as a solid player for them well I mean you talk about hockey sense Mike there's a guy that he just he gets it and at such a young age it's pretty impressive and you know talk about flying under the radar they pick up a hell of a player and pull up and he's just starting to you know he was hurt and then he's just starting to round into form he's been a playoff demon hasn't he for tampa bay yeah, you don't have to go any further than game three last year against us. We had them two straight. They're two down two to nothing, and he scores two big goals late in the game, and then they go on to beat the Rangers four straight. So, yeah, he's a he's just a, a solid performer. And and it's funny because uh, they won the, the Calder Cup in um, Norfolk, I believe he was at, and, and since moved to Syracuse. But he was part of that group too, so he's done nothing but win. So it's kind of obvious that he understands, along with Cooper, how to win. Speaking of Cooper, he's having a tough time of it lately. Had to bench some of his key guys. They won two out of their last ten games. Is the window closed on this team? I wouldn't count them out. Not, not, not. They just again a winning pedigree. And I heard Scotty Bowman last night on one of the shows, and he said that. Obviously, Coop knows what he's doing there. And I think they came out and won last night, didn't they, after the benching? If, if memory serves me. They no, they had, they had another game in between. But, uh, yeah, I think they did okay. But so give me a prediction. Who comes out of the East? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I got to – I would have to say Boston is, is, uh, is the early, early favorite. And out of the West, what's happened to Colorado? Have you watched them at all? I just can't. Everybody that I talk to says they're undeniably the best team in the Western Conference. And if they can get through it, I think the East is going to beat themselves up here a little bit on their way to a, 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 an eventual champion who could be in trouble fatigue-wise getting to the final if Colorado can get past some injuries and get the job done like they did last year. Are they, are they still the team to beat for you? That's what it looks like for sure. I mean, they're so fast and they just keep going and McKenna and Rantanen and the, the list goes on and on. I, I can't, I can't see them not ended up in at least the conference final and then seeing where it goes, but you're right. And that's what everybody seems to say, to say about the, uh, the East. It was kind of like the arms race at the, uh, the deadline there. Everybody loaded up and it's going to be a gut check time getting out of that uh, conference for sure. All right, 20 games to go. We'll see what happens down the line. Kevin, thanks for taking the time. Really appreciate it. All right, Mike. Good to talk to you.
Take care. See ya. Hey, this is Mike Milbury for Ketchis Law. Ketchis Law Group has experienced injury lawyers who are ready to fight for you and get you what you deserve. They have won over $1 billion for their clients since 1986, and you don't pay anything unless they win. Ketchis Law Group is made up of 50 experienced attorneys and over 100 highly trained team members who truly care about your well-being and financial future. The team at Ketchis Law Group will work tirelessly to get you the results you deserve. Ketchis Law Group, where they take care of New Englanders who get hurt through no fault of their own. Call 508-321-7000 or learn more at catcheslaw.com. Hey everybody, it's Russ, fresh off the morning bus, and I'll be right back at it Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. sharp, right here on the greatest hits of all time, 1510 WMEX. guest this evening is Steve Sterling, former All-American at DU, played in the Bruins system for a while, played in Europe for a while, coached at Babson and Providence Colleges, coached in several minor leagues and in Europe, head coach of the New York Islanders, and now a scout for the up-and-coming Ottawa Senators. How are you today, Steve? I'm good, thanks. Yourself? I'm okay. I'm okay. That's quite a resume. Did you have a, fa- a favorite season in your career? Uh not really. Well, yeah, obviously, the pinnacles getting a chance to coach in the NHL for sure. Uh, but that said, probably the pinnacle was coaching in Italy because my wife has family there, and it was probably my best coaching job because it was like coach. It was like coaching an East Coast team, and you had a you had a clear first line, a clear, and then, and then a distinct second line, a distinct third. So I had to do a lot of coaching. Yeah, what town was that? That was in uh, up in the mountains, and uh, got to speak got to speak Italian every day, and all that wonderful stuff. So it was a good experience. It sounds like a lot of fun. Well, we've been asking the guests that come on the show about the Bruins, and the first question I've been asking is, did you see it coming? Mike, I, to be honest, I didn't. Uh, like in in you know, because of my territory, I see the Bruins a lot, and have the last handful of years uh, as one of my teams that I've got to keep a close eye on. I, I knew they would be good at some point, but I didn't expect them to get off of the start they had with the injuries they had. So that that has come as a surprise. And the goaltending, I knew was good. I didn't know it was great. Yeah. Um, let, let me back up a second. Tell me what your role, your actual role with Ottawa is right now. I'm a pro scout, Mike. I cover uh, Bruins, the Islanders, the Rangers, and the Devils, and their American League affiliate. All right. It gets you a lot of... Uh... Miles in the car, I guess. Oh, for sure. Um, okay, so back to the Bruins. Um, when all was said and done, you have to give Don Sweeney a ton of credit. I mean, did you see Hampus Lind- Lindholm blossom into the number one defenseman that he's become? Yes, and, and only because I don't see him a lot, but obviously my co- my colleague who's covering the, the way, when he was out, out west covered them, so I saw all the reports and we were in the meetings and we went through player by player. So I knew he was a good player, uh, but I didn't see a lot of him until he arrived last year. And then I thought uh, I was pretty impressed. And then he's only gotten better. So they've got themselves and they signed, they were smart enough to sign him to eight years or whatever uh, that they've got, they've got themselves a really good two-way player. I, I don't know that there's another pair of number one defensemen on any team in the league. Do you, are you, besides McAvoy and Lindholm, that is. I mean, does any other team have that kind of beef on the blue line? No, no. And and just the the, combi- the combination, because you got uh, you got McAvoy, who's a complete player, obviously, and he can play any way you want to play. And then you've got uh, Lindholm. Lindholm reminds me a lot, Mike, of Kenny Onsen. He's really good, and but people don't realize that he, he's beyond really good and can play – he can put on offense when he wants to, but yet he can defend and just as shift in and shift out, you can count on him. So he reminds me of a little bit of Kenny. Yeah, he's yeah. a little uh, he's a little more physical than Kenny, but he's you're right. That yes. In terms yeah. of intelligence, yes. I think they're in the same league. There's no question. Uh, so that was a great trade that he made. I mean, no and, you know, uh, that may have been the difference versus Carolina last year with him getting whacked. But but then he, he continued to work through the offseason. And the guy you must know was Pavel Zaka, who who I thought was just average early on, but has come on to be a you know a solid top six forward. I think. Did you have him as that? Yes. Yeah. I I, I think every meeting I've been to, my colleagues ask me if there's any more, 
And early on in his career, I thought there was, and there still may be, but he's such, uh, he can play anywhere. On the, he can play, he's, he's a top six, but if you put him on your third line, he can play there too because he just has that two-way, he's smart, he can make plays, he can score some goals, but never was a great finisher. So can he get to the next level and be a really good top six school goal scoring? Absolutely. You know, the jury's still out, but boy, is he a good player, a 200-foot player, play in all situations, and one of those complimentary players that you love to play with. Yeah, and it looks like I think he could – I don't know if Krejci comes back or or Bergeron comes back, but uh, do you see him being able to play in a, a top six role as a center? Yeah, because when he first came up, I saw him a lot in Binghamton. Um, and then I've obviously seen him a lot when he was in Jersey and he's played his share of center. I know, you know, last year and maybe a little before they put him on the left wing because they were, they were strong down the middle, but he could play center. Now, would it, would he be, would he be, uh, you know, the, the high point producing center? No. Uh, but he'd be an awful steady guy. And if you give him the right wingers on either side, he's going to, he's going to, he's going to make them better. So he keeps on going, Don Sweeney does. I mean, they're they're chewing up the league. But at the deadline, he picks up Dmitry Orlov and Hathaway from from Washington. And and I thought that deal was a steal for him and hit all the right notes for what they needed to fill in. For sure. You agree. For sure. And that, you know, when you got when you look down, when you look down the left side and you've got Lindholm. And then you've got uh, Orloff, and then you go down a little farther, and you got Forbert. If you got a heavy, if you're playing against a heavy team, and if you're playing against a speed team like New Jersey, then you can put Grizzly in there. And obviously on the side, they're fine with McAvoy and the big fella Carlo and 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 Clifton, who he is what he is. He plays hard and gives you what they need of him. So they're they're the addition of Orloff was is that is that He's a is he a top four defenseman? And without question. And, and a two-way guy, and there's more offense there if you needed it. But when he was when he was in Washington, they didn't need it because they had Carlson. So he was a second pairing, uh, can defend. He's he's not he's not a big man, but he is solid, and he plays hard and strong. And there's offense there if you need it. Boy, he really in a short time that he's been here, he can really hammer the puck. Absolutely. Um, and, and Hathaway. And, he's, and his, skating, his skating is so good. Orloff is just, he's smooth. Uh, he can he, he can get it out of your own end if you need it. He can transition. And he's pretty smart on the offensive blue line because of his because of his skating and his anticipation. He he pinches down. He keeps an awful lot of pucks in the ozone, which is going to be huge for a team like the Bruins. And Hathaway, just the kind of – he's sort of a poor man's Martian, doesn't he? He could get in your face and yep. hits hard and plays in the tough areas. He's a prototypical fourth-line right-winger, north-south, get in the forecheck, pound away. Uh, he's a heavy player. Uh, he'll fight if he has to. Um, he can kill penalties, more than an effective penalty killer. And he's the kind of guy that will chip in anywhere between 10, 12, 14 goals a year. Uh, yeah, not afraid to play – Tough minutes and tough areas, right? Which is what you're going to expect from him in the playoffs. Definitely, he's he is built for the playoffs for sure. The uh, the hit parade didn't stop there. What was your take on the Tyler Bertuzzi trade? Well, I think it caught a lot of us by surprise because it came at the very end, um, and and I had seen them. Detroit was in, I was up in Ottawa for meetings and getting ready for the the trade deadline. So and it was a back to back because of a postponement. So I saw them. This uh, a week ago, Monday and Tuesday, back to back, and Detroit was not very good both nights, and we we put it to him pretty good. But I'd seen a lot of Bertuzzi, and he is he is uh, he looks like he can play in the beer league. Got the long hair flowing out there, and the skating is just average. But and the stick isn't even taped, right? He's got no tape on his stick, no no, no knob on the he top. Looks like, he looks like you playing in a men's league, and you'd just love to have him. But the only way to describe him is he play he's a junkyard dog with skills he just does whatever it takes he gets there he goes to the net he makes plays he'll score some goals he can play in every situation so that was for me a bonus down the stress they got him especially now with hall out and yep. felino out a little bit and they can give them the time to get back to 100 
Definitely. But, you know, I thought Bertuzzi, I don't know if you saw the Bruins game, he might have been traveling, but the, the, the game again on the weekend when Bertuzzi lofted the puck on the dump and it was a perfect dump it. And, and they were able to retrieve it. He got the puck back and made a nice play past the coil. But I thought the dumping, even more so than the pass, and yeah. where he exactly put it for his line mate was, was a thing of beauty. He's, you know what, he's sneaky, smart, Mike. And, and he, uh, he, he'll just, he does whatever he does. He'll go to the dirty airs. He'll block shots. Um, he'll work the walls. Even He's not huge, but he'll work the walls. And he's he's always in and around the net when the puck is there. Um, that takes me to your team. They were the Senators were a tough out for the Bruins in three games that they played this year. In fact, they couldn't get them out until the last chance. Right. Um, first, tell me about your coach. What's he like? He's a um, little bit old school uh, in that he. Likes, I like that. He. I, I knew you would. He likes um, his team to play with with pace, and he loves his team to everybody to finish checks. And when the, when we're going good, um, we're we're a, we're a tough opponent because we'll we will finish our check, uh, staying on the you know on the right side of the of the of the puck to defend. But he but at the same time, he he's a he's a real coach, a real players coach because he's got a good personality. He knows when to when to be light and when to be heavy on them. And in between, uh, he put, he's been pushing the right buttons in a, in a tough time because we've struggled in the rebuild for a few years. But all of a sudden now we've got some good core players, as you know, and we're starting to, we're starting to make progress. Yeah, just, just three points out, which makes last night's shellacking at the hand of the Blackhawks tough to take. Oh, I mean, did – did you get a handle on what happened there? They just had an off night. Or Chicago was good, or just well, he, so close to the to where they need to be to make a playoff spot. Yeah, there's no especially the, you know starting a road trip. The, this uh, first game on the road, a five game set, and no easy games along the road. That it was that kind of game you'd like to think that we could win. I thought you know I watched it on TV and I thought early on we had some chances, didn't score. I think the goalie got got confidence with that, and as as his team you know, gave him a little bit of a lead. He just got more confident. So it was obviously from a first, uh, you know, being, a, being a, in the franchise, in the franchise and working for him, I was disappointed, but we've been uh, down and slapped before and DJ finds a way to get him back up. So I'm interested to see how they respond the rest of the trip. So um, you mentioned goaltenders. Tell me about your goaltender. Who's your number one goaltender? Right now it's Talbot because, uh, uh, uh We've had some injuries, and we've got Talbot, and then we brought up uh, our young, our young Danish um, goalie, who that who you know probably brought him up a little earlier than we needed. But when you get in goal, when you get in uh, injury problems, you bring him up and you give him a chance. He's played pretty well. Um, last night, I thought the first goal he should have had, uh, but those things happen with young kids. And he went in at the last minute. Talbot tweaked something. I don't know what they wouldn't tell you. He tweaked something in in the pregame skate and. I'm guessing mid to late afternoon, they told the backup he was playing. So uh, not that that's an excuse, but for a young kid, sometimes I can make it. Make it yeah, play. what's his name, Steve? Oh, um, Mike, I haven't seen him play all year. So uh, yeah. I got, I got, <laughs> that's I got, okay. We'll figure it out. We'll yeah, Mandalise was here. Mandalise played. Man, here. They called Mandalise up and he got there probably halfway through the first period. I saw they, they showed him coming in the, the back door, flying into Chicago. I assume out of Toronto because Belleville wasn't playing. He was uh, he was good in Boston when he played. Yes, he was, and I saw him in uh, his. I saw his very first game on the island, and he was outstanding when we beat them in uh, in a shootout. Um, so it was a pretty impressive kid. He, he's had some injuries this year, which which hasn't helped. Um, but uh, he seems to be healthy now, and he's back. So I don't forget look like a dummy. Our backup is a young kid by the name of Sogard, a kid from uh, Denmark who's six foot seven, and we we were we think he, we think highly of him. We think he's going to be a good player for us. So right now you're still sort of in flux, would you say? Yes. Yes. But that takes me to your brew line, and you made a big acquisition near the trading deadline, picking up Jake Chikrin. 
Definitely. Tell me about that move. Well, it, uh, from every, from all meetings I've been at and all everything I read in the newspaper, it's been it's uh, the young man who's got ties to Ottawa uh, has been sort of in limbo and and knowing that Arizona was retool rebuilding. Uh, and he was looking for an opportunity elsewhere without making a big deal out of it. It's sort of been in the works for maybe as much as 18 months, Mike. And the price was so high that every time we talked about it or it got out in the paper, um, I'm guessing that we just thought the price was far too high for us to do at this point in, in, in our rebuild. But the price came down, obviously. And we sounds like we were in the right place at the right time. I know other teams tried to get them. Maybe maybe when the price was too high and then get out of it, um, but he's a really good pickup for us because he's six four, can skate, plays both ends of the ice, play power play, PK. He's strong, uh, not physical, but strong and purposeful defending, uh, and he's he can he'll he'll put up points for us at the back end. So it just it gives uh, gives us a, a you know a second pairing guy that we've been looking for for a while. And it, it's the only worry that I'd have about him is he's had a tendency to get hurt a little too often yes ab absolutely uh but at 24 uh with two and a half years left on his contract and the contract's pretty fair from everything i've looked at uh he's a he's a physical specimen so he keeps himself in pretty good shape so it was you know you always worry about that when they've had some injuries but uh we really like the pickup and i think he's going to be a big uh, big improvement for us and Shabbat is obviously one of your key people. For sure. For sure, Mike. Because, you know, he's an offensive guy. He can skate. He can get the puck out of your own end. He can transition, put on the power play. Um, but when, when you haven't, you know, with adding Chikrin, uh, uh, we've all, we've talked about it, that should lower Shabbat's minutes because he's, you know, one of our best players and we don't want to, we don't want to bring Sanders along too fast, although he's the young kids played really well for us. But Shabbat's playing 24, 25, some nights 29 minutes. And over the course of the year, you know as well as I do that that's going to add up. So at, adding Chikrin, uh, maybe giving Sanderson a few more minutes, getting Chikrin into the 22, 24, that should lower Thomas's numbers back down, you know, to the 23 or 24, which should help him uh, down the stretch. So would you consider Sanderson part of your top four? And who would who would round it out? Uh, well, we've got Zub, who's a, who's a steady, no frills, right-handed shot, keeps it simple. But he's been playing with Shabbat most of the time and has been a good partner with Thomas. Um, Chikrin can play the offside, so they're in a unique position that they can play Sanderson and Chikrin uh, together if they need to. And then a bottom pairing still has uh, uh, Harmonic, and Harmonic's played second pairing all year with Sanderson, and it's been pretty good for us. Uh, but if we can keep him on the third unit uh, and play him with Branstrom uh, or Holden, then we're, we're a much better team top to bottom in the three pairs. you got some real studs up front, though. I love this kid, Stutzel. Yeah, he's going to be a star, Mike. going to be and... a star. He, he, can, he is an elite skater. Reminds me, that's eh, a little bit exaggerated, but it reminds me a little bit of Bure. He, the kid is fast, he's smooth, and he can go at that speed with the puck, whether it be north, south, or east, or west. Um, and he's still young kid, creative. Um, he's scoring goals because he's shooting the puck a little bit more, but he really is a passer-first kind of player, and he's still got 30 goals. So if we can balance that pass-shot ratio, I think he's the kid, kind of kid that's going to get you 40 goals and 40 to 50 assists a year uh, in time. And he's not alone. Of course, you got one of the Chuck brothers there who always seems to be in somebody's face or making something happen. And, and uh, you know, he's a, I guess you'd have to put him in the elite level, correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because he, and, and he is, he's a power forward. Uh, he can play any way you want him to play. Uh, his skills are, I think his skills are underrated. He's a really good player. And I would categorize from the top of the circles in, He's as good as anybody in the league because he's big, he's strong, he's tough to contain down low and in and around the net, uh, uh, whether taking it to it and scoring or whether making cute little plays in traffic, he can do it. And the best part about uh, Brady, he's a great kid, one of the best uh, character kid. On any given night, Mike, if he's not scoring, 
he can he can bring the heavy game and impact the game without scoring, without making, without, without touching the puck. He can, he can impact the game for you. I think most everybody who's a hockey fan understands the value of Drew and Broussard. But tell me about some of the other guys in your squad up front, Dabrinkit and Batherson, Pinto and Gambrell. Those are part of the bright future, right? Oh, for sure. Uh, Pinto, we're happy with his kid out of North Dakota, University of North Dakota, Long Island, Long Island kid that uh, uh, we were high on. He stayed a couple of years at uh, North Dakota. Came out, uh, you know, came out a year ago. Gave us some good games. Then he got hurt. Then he got hurt. He's been hurt again, but he's back and making good progress. Uh, we've had to bump him up to the second pairing when Norris went out, which uh, he's handled pretty well. But you know, obviously, when you when you're up playing the second line, when we sort of thought he'd be He'd be third line for us all year and make progress and eventually get to a second line. And, you know, the kids had to play up. And when you're young and playing against tops, you know, the, the top two centers on every other team, you're going to have some bumps along the road. And he's he's managed it pretty well. He's a pretty level-headed kid. So we're high on him. He can kill penalties. He can work a power play. He can win some face-offs. So we're, we're excited about his progress. Batherson's an interesting case. He is highly skilled, Mike. Uh he might be as skilled as any of our forwards with the puck, shooting the puck, making plays on the power play. Tall, lanky kid that uh, you know was going to get better defensively, but uh, we really liked him. He was and he, and he was a late round pick um, that's really come on strong, and we've got him for a number of years, so we're happy with him. And he's the kind of kid that's going to get you twenty five to thirty every year, and just go about his business and get it done. Uh, Debrinket, he's a forty goal scorer. We've been. Uh, he's, he hasn't scored, you know, he's going to, he's going to probably going to end up with 25, 28 for us. Um, so the goals are down, but that said, his assists are up. So for me, he's a, he's a better playmaker than I gave him credit. Cause you know, you see the 40 goals, you see him scoring all the time when he was playing with Kane. Uh, he sort of rounded out his game and as a, as a, as a shooter first and foremost, but he can make a play. Uh, and, as a, and his assist number are way up this year. So that's a positive. And the best part about him, and I never knew because I didn't see Chicago a lot, is he plays pretty darn hard without the puck. So when he's not scoring, he forechecks, will finish his check, back check. You know, he's a, not a bad player away from the puck, which I didn't expect for a 40-goal score. So <clears throat> you described the way DJ Smith wants the team to play. Is that how they beat Boston? Could they possibly beat Boston? Are they yeah. not ready yet? Uh, well, the last time in, that was the, that, you know, they'd beaten him before, but the first game was 7-5. It was a shootout. The the, the last time in, um, I think, and, and Pierre made, Pierre Dorian, our GM, made reference to it, that that's when uh, he thought our team played Boston really well, gave them everything they could handle, and walked away saying, you know, our team is is getting better, is better than we thought, and that we got a chance to make the playoffs. And he's, and he's made public that. And I can see why, because – I wasn't there, but I had it on TV. And I thought we were really good defensively. We had our chances, uh, not a ton, but we had our chances. And when, when the score is down the way it is, Mike, we, we've, we just have to we just gotta take advantage of our chances. Uh, and we didn't that night. They got good goaltending. But uh, I think we can because we, we do play hard. There's been few, very few nights that I can honestly say, and I think everybody in the big club will tell you that, we just have thrown up a stinker. You can count on one hand, and that's pretty good. Most nights, we're in it and play hard, and, and I think that's what you have to do against the Bruins. So, a long shot, but still a shot. I, that's the way I look at it. I mean, yeah. they they jump into that last playoff spot. Um, you know, that could be it could be a difficult matchup for the Bruins, and nobody sees that coming. It seems to be the expectation that they're going to win the cup just walking away with it. Right. And that's just not going to happen in this conference, is it? No, and, and my, you know better than anybody, having been there as a player and a coach and a general manager, that like like no other sport that I know of, pro sport, when the playoffs start in the NHL, the eight number number eight can beat number one, and it's been proven over the years that uh, because there's so much parity in the league and the goalie can get hot or a goal scorer can get hot, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, no, no matter who that eight is. Um, I, I think the Bruins got to be cautious. I think if they get out of the first round, it'll 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 get them over the hump, and I think they're going to be they're going to be fine. But 
think anything else, that first round for everybody, the way the playoffs are set up is really difficult. The other two uh, bubble teams right now are uh, Pittsburgh and the Islanders. Where are you, uh, Pittsburgh, are they, are they done? Just when when you look at when you look at their you know their their schedule and their play and they they went through a a stretch there where they lost five or six in a row and stuff like that and you look at their roster and say that that's just not possible. Uh, and then they bounce back and when when you've got Crosby and you've got Malkin, uh, I think anything's possible. And I think if they can get Jari healthy, which it looks like he is and playing, I think they can get back. But I, I happen to like the Islanders. Uh, I, I see them a lot because they're one of my teams. And I think they're starting to play uh, really well now. they got the goaltender. The goaltender's as good as anybody in the league when he's on. Uh, they're strong in defense. Uh, and up front, they've got enough firepower. They, they won't score a lot of goals. They just aren't that kind of team. But they can win 2-1, 3-2. Uh, those kind of games, which in the playoffs is, can, can be very typical. I, I I like them too, but when they came in here a couple weeks ago to play the Bruins, the Bruins just owned them. I was surprised at how easily they handled the, the Islanders, but maybe it was just an off night for them. Maybe Horvat hadn't quite got into the condition that he needed to be in, but, you know, I mean, to, to be honest with you, say that again. They have to keep the score down because they just aren't a team that's going to go get four or five on any given night. They're the kind of team that are going to get a, get three and then try to shut the door and have their goaltender keep them in there and win, as I said, win three, two, two, one, one, nothing, whatever it takes. Another, yet another bubble team is Buffalo. And they, they also lost a tough one. Of course, losing to McDavid on nights when he scores a pair isn't anything to be ashamed of. I mean, it's just so good, but. Um, they're getting close to ready to compete at the, in the playoff level, are they not? Absolutely. They are. I saw them uh, twice, probably a month ago. I don't see Buffalo a lot unless they get out this way, but I went to Buffalo uh, to see them a couple of times, and I was impressed. And this was this was going back at least a month ago, Mike. Um, they're, well, they, they got a stud in Darlene at the back end, and he's starting to play – the way everyone thought he was going to play a few years ago when he was the first pick overall. He's now playing that way, and he's a pure stud. they got the young kid in power, first round, high first round pick. Might, might have been second, first or second picked overall a couple of years ago out of Michigan, University of Michigan. He's starting to play pretty well. Um, and up front. Uh, yeah, that's like where Tate, they have some real. Tate Thompson has just taken off. He has become a star, Mike, in this league. And, and a lot of us knew he was good, but we didn't know he was this good. Yeah, you know, you're St. Louis and you're seeing him do this in Buffalo after letting him go and you got to be scratching your head. No question. No question. And Tuck is a good player, although he's had trouble staying healthy. Cousins. Yeah, but and the times I've seen him, I'd, you know, I'd seen him a fair amount in Vegas and I always liked him, but I was always concerned that he was immense talent but he didn't bring it every shift or every night. But uh, for some reason, it looks like Tage Thompson's getting the best out of him. And they've got good chemistry working together. And I think it's a, it's a nice marriage between the two and bringing them along and doing his share of the work on the other side is Skinner, who looks like he's revived after having a huge career, a big number of, you know, scoring the big goals that one you're getting a huge contract in Buffalo. He's bounced back and is a good player on that first line. I mean, I don't think... I guess they could probably give Boston a, take a game or two, but I don't see them as a major threat. Probably not, Mike, because they're, you know, unless uh, Anderson and Gould comes up, you know, with his playoff experience, but yet at 30, at 40 or whatever, 41, whatever he is. 41, yeah. Uh, it, cool. it might be tough in a, you know, in a five or six or seven game series, whatever. The young kid, the young Finn, looks like. Lucan, and yeah. I've seen him twice. I really high on him, but. He may not be ready to carry the load yet. So probably not, Mike, just because I, I just don't think they have enough. Uh, I don't think the goaltender is capable of holding up against the Bruins. Well, one other team in the Eastern Conference that really intrigues me, and I just don't get it, is Toronto. They are so heavy up front with Marner and Nylander, Tavares, and Matthews. And is, aren't they out of balance here? Was, well, we'll soon find out, Mike, but. 
there's so much pressure on them uh, to get not to win it, to get out of the first round. And then obviously, if they get out of the first round, then the pressure will mount because they're, they're skilled enough. They're, they're up front. They're skilled enough and uh, can, can, can score goals. You know, they can score in numbers, which is good. Can their defense hold up? Uh, that's been the question. Uh, you know, they've added some pieces that I think will help them. If they get O'Reilly back, that'll help because he's a two-way experienced Stanley Cup winner. So I think that will be positive. Uh, but for me, it's going to be all from Toronto. I think it's going to be all about their goaltending, Mike. Uh, Samsonoff, yeah. Samsonoff, I like, but he's young. And Murray looks like he was he was on his way back and then got hurt. And then he was on his way back and doing okay. And then he got hurt again. And he's back. So I'm just not sure uh, what they're going to get in, in goal. And I think that's going to be the big piece. Two, you know, two other little quick tidbits I like to throw at you. Well, Tampa Bay, is that what's going on there? They're fighting or getting big guys benched. They've, they've lost a bunch of games recently. Is the window closed? I, Mike, I don't think so. I think they are just at that point where they know they're going to make the playoffs um, and they're just buying their time until they get to this, until they get the Stanley cup playoffs. They're still a good team. I, I've seen them a couple of times. I've got them on my schedule this week. Uh, yeah. They're going through a tough time, um, but they're still awfully good. Mike and awfully dangerous. I'm not sure I'd want to face them in the first round. Did the Rangers do the best of anybody at the trade deadline or as good as anybody? They did up front, in my opinion, because I think uh, we saw Kane the other night when we were in, in there, and uh, he's going to be quite an addition because he's quite the player. And obviously, Tarasenko, Tarasenko can uh, can score some goals and help him there. I, I'm a little worried. If I were a little worried, I'd be worried at the back end uh, because Lindgren got hurt the night a couple nights before. I don't know how long he's out, and he's a key part of that of that club. Um, so that would worry me a little bit. So the, the back, you know, their, their top four in, in, on defense is fine. It's that third pairing, and Schneider's going to be a really good player. Um, but he hasn't had a same partner all year. And if they don't get if they don't get Lindgren back, and they don't find the right left shot partner for Schneider, then I think they're going to have to score their share share of goals to win win in the playoffs. And Carolina. I mean, they've only lost 11 games. That's just three more than the Bruins have lost. But they do, do it so quietly, and they don't have a – they have a couple name players. But, I mean, they put on intense pressure. Yes. And it's, it's fun to watch them play because that's the kind of team that would give Boston, who likes to handle the puck, come out cleanly on breakouts, they could give them fits. For sure. Because they'll, they'll, they'll be on them quicker. They're, Carolina maybe is quick – overall team that I've seen all year and they just make it on the forecheck. They just don't give you a lot of time and space. Uh, so I think that, that could give the, the, any team they play, give them some problems and they've got enough talent uh, up front uh, that I'd be a little bit nervous because they can score goals. And just a couple more seconds here. What's going on with Colorado? I mean, they're on the playoff bubble. It's, I mean, I think they'll turn it on. I don't. I don't. I don't have that many doubts about them. But I mean, given what I saw last year, you thought they'd be dominant. I know they've had some injuries. Landis Gog is still out, but still, it just hasn't seemed to have come together, has it? No, no, it hasn't. And, and they've had injuries. In fairness to them, they've had their share of injuries and just starting to get everybody a little bit healthy. So I, I so I, I think they're going to be fine. To, uh, my, if as a, as a as a fan and as a scout looking at their team, my concern might be in goal. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I, and I, and I happen to like Gorgiev, uh, but he's pretty inexperienced and has a little, if any playoff experience. Uh, and I think he's their number one guy, uh, that, uh, I, I think it's going to be a lot, a lot going to be on his shoulders. If he plays well. I think Colorado will pick it up and do fine, but I would be concerned in goal. So getting down to the short strokes here, how do you spend the last, 20 games or so of the season, where do you go? Just where they send you or? No, I, 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 I'm pretty good. They let me make my own schedule. They, they know, they know who my teams are. They're, they're, thank God they're confident that I'm going to see my, you know, all my teams as many times as I need to, to have a perfect, you know, have a good evaluation of them. Uh, I will down the stretch with not much time left. I'll see all of my teams and I got four, four NHL teams. I'll see them all at least twice. Um, 
not that I need to, but because all of them are going to make the playoffs or all of them, but you know, I think Dallas is going to make it. So I think I'm confident all are going to make the playoffs. So I'll either see them in person or see them on TV in the playoffs, but I'll see them all twice at least. And then this time of the year after the trade deadline, we tend to spend most of our time watching their affiliates. So I'll get into Providence and, Hartford and Bridgeport and Utica and see those teams, all their teams, probably at least three times before the end of the season, uh, along with what, you know, the number of times I've seen them already. So we tend to follow the American League down the stretch and then we can follow them in the playoffs uh, when, the, when the takes ratchet up a little bit and you see who can play and who can't under tough circumstances. Well, have fun with it. Good luck to your team down the stretch. Run. I hope they make it and uh, Thank you. You, can, you can enjoy them making a playoffs for the first time in a while, but it looks like they got a good future ahead of them. Thanks for the time. Thanks for the information. We'll talk to you down the road, Steve. Sounds great. My pleasure.